Technology has enabled dramatic advances in healthcare, but in some cases, speed and precision may have come at the expense of human interaction and empathy. We need to rehumanize healthcare and empower clinicians to improve the delivery of both treatment and care. Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. In this season, we look at the evolving field of clinical documentation improvement, or CDI. As more hospitals launch health management and quality initiatives, leaders should ensure their staffs are empowered to accurately document each patient's story without overburdening them. Listen in to hear how leading healthcare professionals are using artificial intelligence and other technologies to improve patient outcomes and deliver more value to the healthcare organizations they work for. Today I speak with Holly Flynn, Director of CDI at Nuance. In this episode, we learn from her extensive experience in healthcare and in CDI, as she highlights the changes and things like the expectations for documentation and new auditing initiatives. We even hear about how her study of over 300 patient cases helped to lead to some life-saving processes for her hospital's team. Let's begin with Holly explaining her journey in CDI. Hi, my name is Holly Flynn. I am a director of clinical CDI. What company are you working with? Nuance Healthcare. So how did your journey in CDI begin? It began in 2008 on the West Coast, actually. I have a very extensive background in nursing, critical care. I was looking to do something different. And I'm from the East Coast, and I was moving to the West Coast. I was in Seattle, and I became aware of a job posting at the University of Washington Medical Center for clinical documentation improvement specialist. And uh, it spoke about MSDRGs and MCCs and Medicare, and this was all new to me Uh, in 2008, It was barely a bleep on the screen. In fact, when I Googled what clinical documentation improvement was, there was virtually nothing online. But I did know, and I had this gut feeling that it was going to be something really good and that I could do it. So that started my path. I was hired for a position for a clinical documentation improvement specialist. It was an initiative brought on by the leadership team at University of Washington Medical Center to address gaps in their documentation. They were well aware that they were giving excellent care to their patients. They provided transplant services and such And they had patients transferred from five states, so they knew that they had very high acuity, but their documentation didn't represent that. So this was a big initiative to bring a team in. So I started out as a CDS, a documentation specialist, big learning curve. And after a very long career in critical care where I was at the top of my field to be in a field where you were a newbie was a challenge. However, within about four or five months, I became the manager of that team. And we partnered at the time with our vendor was J.A. Thomas and Associates, which was acquired several years later by Nuance. 
And that relationship was a wonderful relationship because they gave us excellent support. They also really helped guide our program. So we not only affected and addressed all of the gaps in the documentation and to ensure that the medical center was able to be paid based on the care that they gave, but it also demonstrated through improved documentation the critical decision makings of the physicians and of the caregivers at that hospital. Quality scores are very important to all hospitals, especially an academic hospital. So I was able to be a part of that. It was a lot of hard work. There was a lot of change management that had to happen at that time. So um, again, it was very hard work. And then from there, within the medical center, I was actually recruited by the CMO, the chief medical officer, because of the work that I did with the documentation improvement team. If I would come on board in his office to coordinate with all of the chiefs of all the medical services and to help them understand how documentation affects safe patient care. So I did. And again, it was something that had never been done at that organization before. But what we learned was true transparency and conversations around documentation and to understand that the essence of the patient is at the center. And every patient expects and deserves to have their medical record correct and complete. And it's also that medical record is used by the clinical team to communicate. So we were able to, once that we cleaned up a lot of the documentation and took a lot of that, what we called noise away, we were able to really determine, was the standard of care being met? And if it wasn't, what happened? So we had some really great projects where we could determine how process had broken down and where harm could have or did come to patients. And when you think of how important that that work is and that it was based around the documentation. So that was pretty special work. You've probably picked up a Canadian accent. Um, so <laughs> A little bit. I wasn't going to say anything, but I do hear it. A little of the out and about. So after several years of living in Seattle, it was time to move back east. So when I did move back east, I reached out to my friends with J.A. Thomas. And because of what I saw, the work that they did in consulting and the important work that they did, I thought I could do that. So I went to the other side where I became a senior clinical consultant where I was implementing programs and doing education with CDI teams and physicians. And because of my strong background in quality, I was able to contribute to a lot of our quality education within our company. So within about four months of working under the J.A. Thomas umbrella, we were acquired by, by Nuance. So we were this small boutique company that became part of this global company. So it was different. I've worked in big com companies before, so I made an easy transition. But the benefit of joining with Nuance is that when we were a smaller boutique company, we didn't have 
the resources to build out the technology. So that's where with our, what we call our clinical strategies, married in with the the technology from Nuance has been a great partnership for our clients. So I worked as a senior consultant for two, maybe three years. And at the time, the CEO, J.A. Thomas slash Nuance was still at the company. She was sort of transitioning out took about two or three years for that. And Joanne Webb, and she had asked me if I would come on her team and support sales. So I would be the subject matter expert in CDI to support sales. So I was able to transition into that very easily. So I went on the road with the sales team. And while they would come at it from a sales perspective, I would be that clinical expert. I was sort of like a Switzerland where the customer kind of knew that as far as selling it, I didn't have the skin in the game, so to speak, but I came from that true clinical approach. So I could discuss what our approach was, what the client's data was and what that meant and how that we could help them address any gaps and improve. So that was about a four-year journey working with sales, and it was very um, enlightening being supporting sales. They're very dynamic people, and I really learned the business of healthcare from, from that perspective, for sure. And then just most recently, I was promoted to director of clinical cons- consulting. So I'm on the consulting side where I have a team that reports to me and my main responsibility is to support my clients. I'm uh, responsible for their success. I've just been acquiring clients and looking at new implementations. There's times that I'm still pulled out of this role to help sales. What we realize is that when you have those relationships with those clients or customers that It takes several experts to help facilitate for our clients. Mm -hmm. That's clearly a a wealth of experience that you're able to bring to the table. So if I can jump back a little bit in some of the stuff you just told me, how many years then were you working in critical care as a nurse? About 20 years. Okay. All right. Excellent. It's always nice. It's funny. There is a common thread. It seems like with a lot of people sort of having this bedside role and then being able to move more into what you're talking about now. And so I'm sure that gives you an interesting perspective. Yes, it does give you an interesting perspective because at least with myself personally, I go back to my roots and it brings that perspective to this work when a lot of our work is focused around the physicians. So that comes very naturally to me Working in critical care, nursing and physician relationships historically have always been very solid. There's not a hierarchy there. So I feel very comfortable and knowledgeable speaking to physicians because the role of a CDI specialist is to review that medical record from the perspective of a physician documented it because we're reading physician's notes. So you have to be able to translate. And as well with physicians, the same way if a nurse is at the bedside, that you build that trust. So when I mentioned earlier, when I supported sales, 
It wouldn't take long for me when I would get into a discussion with the boardroom and there'd be the chief financial officer and the chief medical officer and typically several physicians. It didn't take long for that to get to be a very fluid clinical discussion. And so they saw my credibility and the point of view coming from the patient and the physician. So yeah, it's pretty easy, really, because I've done it for a long time. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much, not even within the CDI space, but just objectively speaking, how much each decision and role and position and things that we have over the years kind of roll into and continue increasing us. And then for you to look back 2020 at all these different experiences you've had and then be able to see how it's culminated now into what you're doing, it's got to be kind of exciting. It is. It really is. And um, it's wonderful to build on that. And also, it's very exciting to see what technology is now and with how we're caring for patients. And so even though I'm not at the bedside, I'm still very involved in healthcare and it's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. So going on that thread then of you having a really unique perspective where it doesn't even feel like a light touch. It sounds like you've had pretty in-depth experience in each one of these different roles and things that you're talking about. What, from your point of view, are you seeing that other people in CDI should know about that maybe they wouldn't see more on the ground level or if they've only been in it for a couple of years. I just, I feel like you have a really good breadth of scope on this. And so I'm curious on what pieces of information or trends or things should we know about? Thank you for that. I think that what are our approaches now and just how it's changed in the last probably five years is that our approach for CDI was to move that case mix needle, which translated out into dollars. And that's still really important, but it's to take a very holistic and global look at how we approach documentation improvement because hospitals will get paid. The hard part is for hospitals to keep that money because there's all these audits and all these reasons to rake it back, whether it's through private payers or the federal government. And a lot of this is based on all of these quality measures. So not only do physicians have to document that they provided the care, they have to prove it. And so they have to be a lot more verbose in their documentation. It's not a one and done because there is a very rampant auditing initiatives across the country. Private payers, they don't like to give up their money. And so they are very stringent on the documentation. And honestly, the physicians just want to practice medicine. And so the role of CDI is to be that bridge for the physicians to ensure that the documentation is very, very robust. And that's different now. And again, I think that there has to be a very broad scope for the CDI approach to documentation improvement. Hospitals that are only looking at their CDI team focusing on what we call the CCs and the MCCs. That's very narrow-minded now that you need to broaden that scope. And so there's all these other roles that CDI should be involved in. However, 
You can't pile work on top of people. And so that's where you need smart solutions to help them. You need automation to do a lot of that work. So they can really get to those very, very sick and acute patients. Yeah, it's absolutely something as I've been hosting this series, learning about really two things stand out to me probably the most. One is how CDI is merging that gap in between better patient care and then also, as you kind of described, this financial element of being held accountable in that regard. And then the second piece is it seems to be allowing nurses and physicians to be more human almost. I don't know if that comes across the right way, but just with it automating some of these more tedious or strenuous tasks, they seem to be able to be more present depending on how advanced each person or each hospital's CDI program and technology is. Yes, that is very true. And when you stop and think about it with physicians, like imagine at the end of your day, Jeff, that you had to document everything that you did and that government and insurance agencies dictate what Mm -hmm. you document. (laughs) And they're looking after very sick patients and they're learning new technology and they could be training people, you know. And so it is the responsibility of hospitals to have that help available, whether it's the artificial intelligence, whether it's the automation, you know, things to take that burden off of them so that we keep the nurses and doctors at the bedside where the patients want them and also able to satisfy the documentation needs. Because on that ladder of what is important to a physician when they're in the hospital caring for patients, documentation is one of the bottom rungs. Also, it's the documentation and only the documentation that represents that critical decision-making that physician had. And that's what's shown outside of that building of that hospital. So that's what the public sees is how that physician's documentation was translated into codes. And then that's translated into quality scores and financials and so on. It's almost like a catch-22 in terms of the essence of what a lot of these doctors, and you assume that the vast majority of them have goodwill and these types of things. But at the end of the day, if this sort of just additional task, what it probably feels like a lot of the time is added, and that's the one representation of the actions that were taken throughout the day or the choices that were made with individuals. It's a really huge responsibility. I want to be careful on what word I use, but it's a huge responsibility to take. Do you have any tips? It's kind of a weird word for it, but do you have any just suggestions on how to manage that well when you need to be factoring the CDI element to all of this? Could you just expand on that a little more? The thing that I can relate, if I was going to bring it back to my own world, is I used to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so on a very lesser degree, I didn't have quite the same expectations to document my day at the end of the day or that type of a thing. But I'm very familiar with, you have a lot of people that you're responsible for. You have to show progress. And sometimes it just comes down to the numbers, to what you actually are held accountable for, like with testing and things like that. And so there's the piece of me that wants to be fully present to the child 
yet I know on the back of my mind that I'm going to be held accountable in different ways. And so in the same regard, when a physician or a nurse needs to balance that relationship between I want to bring my best to this individual to be able to help them, but at the same time, they have this sort of scorecard that they're responsible for with the documentation, with the codes that are taking place. Do you have any advice on how to merge those two worlds so it's more manageable, so it's more fluid? Yeah. And so with Nuance Approach, so our mission is to be part of the workflow. So basically that they don't even know that we're even there. That's the best of the worlds. And so what's important is while the physician is documenting that we have the tools in place or the cues in place to help him or her when they're dictating, when they're using Dragon, then during their workflow point of care when they're caring for that patient, then if there needs to be any modification to the documentation, it is done right there. So it's not done after the fact where the doctor may walk out of the room or could be two days later where they get in a note from a CDS a query is sent to improve the documentation. Many times the physician is, they may have processed through tens of 20 of patients. So that is the best case scenario is at the point of care and to take the burden off. But even with that being said, they want it to be seamless and they want it to be meaningful. So while we know that there needs to be the grand prize, we know that we're not going to go there with the physicians and give them too many options to correct. So what we have done and what our approach is, is that what are those high-level documentation improvement elements that need to be addressed? And then with the CDI team who continues to support that medical record while the patient is in hospital will help be that bridge and hold that record. So if there's any additional opportunities to improve, then they will address that with the physician. So it takes that concentrated team. And then when this is all done and by the time that patient is discharged, that medical record is complete. And you really want that medical record complete and correct while the patient is in hospital because it is such an important communication tool for the caregivers. I remember myself, I mean, I read the notes from the anesthesiologist who brought that fresh post-op heart in. And so I would go by what their notes, because that communicates to me how I'm going to care for that patient. So that communication is critical for the patient while the patient's in hospital. And then if all that documentation is in, in place, and we haven't set a burden on the physicians and that it is there. And so then when that patient is discharged, then the professional coding team, they can code that medical record in a timely fashion. It is correct. They don't need to go back to the doctor and say, hello, Dr. Jones, I need X, Y, Z. It's already in that medical record. And so then the coding professionals can do their work which they are under a time crunch because there's a length of time that the revenue department wants those medical records billed and sent out the door so the hospital can be reimbursed. 
And so as long as we start that at the time the patient enters the hospital and we go on that journey with that patient, that is what our goal is. And not to disrupt workflow of the physicians, of the CDI nurses, or the coders. That's all great information. Thank you for that. And I was going to say, as we start to wrap up here, I'm curious if you have any stories, maybe something in particular that stands out of how just this work and how this work in CDI has impacted a hospital you know of, or maybe a specific patient. Yes, I actually have a great story. This is where documentation improvement can save lives and to keep patients from harm. There was a patient safety indicator, and that's a measure to measure harm. One was for acute respiratory failure, and there was a very high number of documentation for many, many patients for acute respiratory failure. Now, everyone was kind of pointing the fingers at the others. What the physicians had said, it wasn't their documentation that it was coding. The CDI team said, we're sending in the queries to the physicians, and they're not responding, and doctors say that it's the template and the EHR. However, patients were experiencing acute respiratory failure, couldn't figure out why. And so we couldn't trust the data And that was a big thing where physicians didn't trust the coded data. And rightly so. It's not that they couldn't trust it, but, you know, you have to remember that the coded data is driven by physician documentation. So if physicians are not aware of the specific elements of the documentation, then it's not going to be coded right. It's sort of like, again, a catch-22. So myself and another physician who I worked with, Dr. Jean Peterson, we reviewed over 300 medical records of patients that experienced acute post-op respiratory failure. And what we learned was out of those patients, and we thought that it was all documentation, it wasn't standard of care. Well, what we found out was that we weren't as good as what we thought that we were. And so once again, when we took all the noise away from documentation and coding, where we would take these medical records to the ICU docs and to the coding people to say the way that this is documented is this acute respiratory failure. And then they found that it was actually a template. So we fixed all of that. So you can fix process. And then we looked at these patients where harm did come to them with acute respiratory failure. And so then we took it a couple steps farther that what this did is that it took us on this path that we could determine the comorbidities that were familiar for these patients. So it was the risk that the patients demonstrated specific comorbidities. And then we were able to drill it down to the day and the time of the week and the shift change, everything, we were able to drill it down. And what we learned during that time frame was that process had changed because we used to always ask ourselves, what have we done to change our business of healthcare? We have done something. And so what we saw was that it was a few things that we started admitting these types of patients, this cohort of patients on the day of surgery. 
And we found that a lot of these patients came in with their CPAP and they were told to bring their CPAPs with them. Well, when they were admitted, they went to the OR one way and their CPAP machine went the other way, never to be seen until they went home. So that was one thing. The second thing was that there was a lot of training, a lot of change going on in the recovery room for nursing and that they were, as I say, doing extensive training. Well, when you work in the recovery room, it's a real skill to really learn how to sedate patients. Well, they, some of these patients, what had happened was that they had a little bit too much of narcotics. They didn't have their CPAP with them. They had sleep apnea. They had a high BMI. So they were just ripe to have a complication. And as well, the big thing was that the time factor that these patients were coming to the recovery room almost had change of shift. And so when we took our findings to all of the clinical chiefs throughout the hospital and the CFO and the CMO, this was a hospital that was very grounded in quality. They looked at it, you know, as all very transparent. And what they were happy to know was that it was process. It was things that we could change and we could fix. But we didn't know how much of a problem that it was until we fixed the documentation. Everyone who we spoke to with the anesthesiologists and the nurses in PACU all had an inkling of something, but they couldn't really put their finger on it. So that is my story that I've told for several years. And I know because of the work that I was privileged to be part of that we kept patients safe. That's excellent. That's a great story. So the the final question I have for you is if the listener was going to take one thing away regarding the importance of CDI and why it's important, what would that be? I think that I come back to the patient, that the patient expects and deserves a complete medical record and CDI helps to support that and to keep patients safe and for the record to be reflective of the care received and that registered nurses do this that are steeped in experience in healthcare and in the looking after patients. So it's a wonderful experience for nurses. It's a great opportunity. So yeah, I always bring it back to the patient. Holly, thank you for your time today. It's been great. Thank you, Jeff. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. To learn more about Nuance's AI-powered solutions and services, or to learn more about the show, please visit nuance.com forward slash healthcare. That's nuance.com forward slash healthcare.